remnant of patriots and purebreds, this is the good governor of the sovereign state of decency. My countrymen, tonight my heart is troubled as I attempt to speak on the daunting subject of what some have referred to as the war of affluent white liberal aggression. We here in this confederacy of common sense can see the writing on the wall. There are rising irreconcilable differences, and there is much confusion as to the root of this current climate of division. Some maintain that certain elite groups are sowing discord for profit and consolidation of power. Others attribute this anomie to a weakening of borders, which has resulted in a damn break of mud people and economic opportunists who have brought their anti-Western sentiments to our shores, brainwashed our girls, deracinated the native consciousness and encircled the camp of the saints which rests at the center of this sovereign state of decency. Tonight I would like to hazard my own good guess. I would say to start with the observable habits of the commonplace liberal automobile driver. They will tell you everything you need to know about the brain-dead libtard rabble and how their actions are leading us every day toward a national schism. Each morning they take to the roads, piloting their mini coops covered with Bill Murray, Beto O'Rourke, Deathly Hallows stickers. Whatever altruism and empathy they profess to possess is thrown out the window like a used-up Whataburger bag the moment the outer world becomes abstracted behind the wheel and windshield on the highways and byways of this sovereign state of decency. They have absolutely no regard for safety or courtesy. They do not see human lives inside another vehicle. They only see annoying obstacles to get around, which they justify by labeling them as the oppressor. Their ideologies are fully exemplified by this impatience, self-motivation, and overstimulated degeneracy they display in transit. As you are cut off, tailgated, stuck in gridlock due to some accident easily avoided, caused by the low IQ choices of what I usually observe to be a white female of a certain anatomy and demeanor. My soldiers make note of trendy political attitudes which contribute to this modern-day fury road condition we are perpetually forced to deal with in the sovereign state of decency. In closing, I would like to read a passage from the book of Use Your Illusion 2, verse 5. I don't need your civil war. 
It feeds the rich while it buries the poor. Your power hungry, selling soldiers in a human grocery store. Ain't that fresh? I don't need your civil war. My soldiers stay safe, stay vigilant, and be ready to defend at all times this sovereign state of decency. End transmission. So, you're an artist, a musician, a poet, a dreamer of dreams, a singer of songs, a painter of pictures, and you've realized you're incapable of producing lasting, valuable work. Maybe you huff too much computer duster. Maybe your parents loved you too much. Maybe you're just plain tasteless. Worry not. We're going to turn that weakness into success beyond your wildest dreams. If you think this is about you, you probably care about politics already. You share important articles on your Facebook for your friends. You call out people on the outskirts of your social circle when they have no-no thoughts. You might have even already played some benefit shows. Well, now it's time to double down. If you're not already a part of a marginalized group, join one now. Everything you make from now on is implicitly or explicitly about how difficult it is to be part of your group. Don't worry about overdoing it. The critical establishment is out to lunch. The only limit is your own schutzpa. It's a word you'll need to know. Once you've got your foot in the door, find competent collaborators, make them do the hard work, and pay them as little as possible. And remember, when you get to the top, don't forget the white man, that's me, who told you how to get there. I live in a blue state, in a blue city, in an extremely blue neighborhood. And one of the things I've noticed is there's this incessant need towards milquetoast bureaucracy, taxonomy, binaries, and rules. And it's this petty tyranny that afflicts you because people stopped believing in the spirit world so everything to these people becomes about essentially some sort of gain so there's this utopianist logic that's completely destroying any sort of potential for life on earth through endless uh, subjugation and commercial enterprise My fellow libs, we have won. Onward to trump-trumping prophecies of Kamala glam fascismo, Hindu swastika revival, eagler sizing of myth-satiatic meet the boot, of 
Big Dildo, Big Missile, Tantric Dom Goddess of Imperial Strife, Kamala Harris, Calpurnia Caesar spreads her thighs over the Persian Gulf and fire douses it in her arousal, wraps her legs around the Borj Khalifa and pole dances on an ash clot, shoves her toes into the black site slave and makes him beg for a waterboarding. Blood cells, Jeep Wranglers of the body, roaring forth on the inner state of veins, polulating with glorious pollution of 90 IQ slave vaccinations, urethrally injected for the commanderous in chief, the destined poor queen. My fellow libs, we have won. Here is our 2024, 2028, 2032, 2036, 2040 platform. Joe Biden's head popped like a melon. Boom. Dick Cheney declared vice president again. Boom. Canadian oil reserves invaded to lower the price of Hasbro action figures. Boom. Israel expanded to Madagascar to load the treasury with Henry Avery's buried pirate horde. Boom. Ethiopia bombed to recover the Ark of the Covenant for Maxim. Boom. Joseph Kony of the Ugandan Lord's Resistance Army rehabilitated as a CIA asset to be declared the founding king of Wakanda. Boom. Russians enslaved to harvest ice as preparation for global warming. Boom. Chinese cuisine to consist of nothing except General Tso's chicken with extra sugar. Boom. America, empire of angels, empire of liberty, empire of starburst minis to manufacture neon drones and cast all on the rainbow hue of the Lord. Verily, boom. proud that you wouldn't open your ass to be sodomized by a queer black arms dealer named Destiny, or let a Latinx eunuch priest cut your son's dick off and use the foreskin for his morning facial care routine. Let the thick rotundity of this world become a silicone tit, its floral abundance a synthetic weave, its overflowing seas a bottle of Sprite. Empress Kamala comes to glut North Sentinelese primitives on a chicken nugget catering platter. My fellow libs, we have won. God bless these United States. I understand it all now, and I'm so sorry 
the feminine is on the ascendant, the long house is returning. We're moving forwards, backwards. It's as clear as those crystals you kept by. I hope you don't mind, but the only way for me to maintain any semblance of autonomy of control was to uh, come out to our friends, take your first name, and start wearing the clothes you left at my apartment. It's the age of a woman, you see, and the only way I was able to feel like I had any control was to feminize myself before it was forced on me. You understand, right, Tyler? How could you not love nurses? How could you not love anyone who works in a hospital? Especially when they send their Sabrina Harmon-esque uh, TikTok of them dancing around the hospital carrying around a bagged-up corpse. Um, but remember, anyone who decides to work in the healthcare industry is a kind, compassionate, intelligent person. Just like teachers, therapists, HR personnel, yoga instructors, college professors, street canvassers, poll workers, stand-up comedians, the executive leadership of your favorite nonprofit, journalists, and ATF officers. Libs rock. My whole life, I've lived all around southern and central Ohio, but I was born and raised in Columbus, which happens to be the state's capital. It's also been frequently lauded as one of the quickest growing metropolitan sprawls in the last few decades. But if you're not familiar, it's geographically seated a relative stone's throw away from both Rust Belt ruins and Appalachian foothills. Now, this helps create a really strange maelstrom of koosh-ball tech startup progressive types closely occupying the same space as hilljack scrappers just off a morning run or ripping copper pipes out of abandoned buildings. Today, I live in an even smaller city about a half an hour away from Columbus, and even then, there's a clear dichotomy of rural and urban Ohioan respectively. To me, it almost seems independent of the environment you grow in, and more so some weird endeavor of fashion. For example, the high school I went to was unironically across the street from a fucking cornfield, but just about every person from my graduating class is a SoundCloud rapper from Kill Lumbus. Interesting, right? I myself don't have the interest or enthusiasm to have some literati high-brain punch-up about geopolitical horseshit like one may feel would be pertinent to these observations, but even if I did, I refuse to engage in horseshit. What I can do is tell you how I feel. What's been sold to me and you and our parents and their parents as Western democracy has turned out to be some sort of perverse pageantry for the absurdly rich to hoop and howl at the links working folk will go to cause any illusory dent on this great gnashing machine called current year. It's no mystery why politics have seeped into absolutely every aspect of your life nowadays. Bipartisan government is just sports teams. The average person will set themselves on fire just to prove how not racist they are. Fringe ideals are not only baked into academia, but now they're evolved to purring on the hood of a sports car paid for by your favorite fast food Giga Corp. The key here is understanding that there's finally enough shit for us to climb out of the proverbial latrine. Build your tribe, engage in some semblance of community, and hone yourself into somebody that's worth having around, because the government sure as shit not going to do that for you. 
I'm convinced all the caustic psychic energy that gets exhausted out into this creation has made everything a little less bright. Colors seem to fade a bit faster these days, but that's no cause to concede defeat, my friends. Far from it. All the guesswork has been taken out of whether the ruling class actually has our best intentions in mind or not. They don't. They loathe us, and seek to mangle the common man in as many shameful and unholy situations as they can before we finally keel over or go mad. Do you honestly want to engage with that? I don't, and I pity none who get chewed up by the great machine by their own zealousness. In a society that seeks to force its own people to submit under its own grotesque regression, the only way to rebel is through acts of beauty. But that's just me. Parents who complain about Zoom classes. 
10 years quarantine and re-education for anyone who believes in voter fraud. Full abolition of police in poor and minority neighborhoods. More police in my neighborhood so that my neighbors can finally understand what oppression is on their way to Starbucks. Priority vaccination for BIPOCs and then myself, depending on how it works out for the BIPOCs. And finally, an irreversible internet ban on Donald Trump, the Russian language, and the song, Baby It's Cold Outside. Have a safe and scientific holiday season. This is like a meme of liberals and liberalism and, and like slacktivism and hashtags, hashtag activism turning into a real life, like manifesting into a real life human being. If you were in a lab and you were like, I want to create a human being that is like the most like memeified version of a liberal, this would be it. are getting radical. Bernie Sanders. Solidarity. Um, it's about Southern socialism. So this is to raise awareness that you know there are leftist movements in red states. And I get passionate from time to time because I'm just a passionate person. And all those facts are even more apparent if you follow me on Twitter where I engage in even more uh, not only did they nominate him, but they stood by a man who avoided paying taxes, threatened media outlets and other dissidents, and rose to power on the backs of white supremacist conspiracy theorists and Russian spots. I feel that it's important to vote blue just because it's a step in the right direction, but I really, really don't.
please, can we just, I know it's, we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Birdo, I uh, just want you to know that I've been having some real trouble writing for this one. See, uh, for a long time I realized people mock the lips by imagining the ridiculous uh, policy outcomes, right? The, like, logical endpoints of things they're advocating, and they thought that they were going to stop the leftwards movement by reminding people how ridiculous the final destination was, right? But in hindsight, man, it seems more like they just treat the most ridiculous exaggerations of their ideas as goals to strive for. The people who mock them uh, write their future into being. So I'm just having some trouble because I feel like if I write anything down or say anything that like is a conventional gag or whatever, I'm just going to make 2030 even worse, you know? Like we won't be able to hang out with each other in the FEMA camp cafeteria. Anyway, man, uh, <laughs> hope you're well. dad was born with a twin sister. Their father was a conservative man who'd grown up during the Great Depression in southern Ohio and escaped rural poverty. He hated sentimentalizing his struggle and the glamorization of labor, especially by politicians. He wanted better for his kids. He hated communism and raised his kids to hate it more. My dad's twin sister resented her father because he was a drinker of the worst variety. As she grew older, she became a Marxist. This disgusted her brother, my dad. He never forgave her, broke his heart. Still, he loved her, she was family. She always seemed like the original Dana Soprano to me. She dated a Black Panther who'd been shot by the police. She'd had something to do with the Attica prison riots, and she'd had to flee the country for even vaguer reasons. This compounded my father's resentment. Still, he held on to her propaganda posters, and they were still in his storage when he died. My dad taught me that I could never trust a commie, and still, it took a long time for me to listen. He taught me why I should never break bread with faux socialist sympathizing scum and why bourgeoisie syncophin academics were who I needed to watch out for. They were the enemy. The guys at the barber shop said the same thing, just not in the same words. The tonsorial parlor it was called. He took me there for my first haircut, 
slash crew cut. On the way there, he said I would meet some guys who weren't pussies like my friend's parents. He told me they didn't dodge the draft, that they were like him. He said they'd say some things that were for men's ears only and that I wasn't to repeat what I heard to my mother. They cut my hair like his, short. The barber, Jerry, smoked while he cut my hair. He was a tiny man. He said that he'd been a demolition specialist in Vietnam. He said he'd been recruited for said job because he was small too and he could navigate the goop tunnels. He made everyone in the shop howl. He also called Bill Clinton a dirty egg-sucking liberal faggot and he told me there were two great joys in life, things that I had to look forward to as a boy. Those things were one, the birds and the bees, and two, the joy of hand-to-hand combat. I felt at home at the barber shop. When I got older, Jerry would let me smoke and read Playboy while he cut my hair. My dad was a Democrat, but he always warned me of political correctness and he hated the company of libs. He fought the good fight in a bad industry. He stood up to shit-lib bullies. He wasn't a hack. He wasn't pretentious, but he loved art. He'd forgive me for the shit-lib girlfriend who tried to drag me to a protest. He'd forgive me for being whipped and saying Cherche la femme for acting like a cuck with cold broads with ugly souls. I'm proud to be right-wing in this broken town. My dad said he voted for Obama because he dug the idea of a black president. He stole the quote from my favorite writer, James Elroy. I know my dad would be proud of me for not being an egg-sucking liberal faggot who swats spit with two-bit snickering Soviet epar chicks. I still live in a city with scum who opened their doors to rioters, to violence, to chaos for the sake of false victimhood, with people who venerate self-pity and excuse the worst human instincts. Portland is actually a beautiful city. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. I don't know how much longer I'll be here. I want to go to the eastern part of the state. I want to raise my family away from the hyenas, but I don't want to watch this beautiful place decay. I still want to write everyone letters from here. I still want to send pictures. I still have friends who I'd love to visit. It's too bad. I love you all, though, and I always will. out of bed after 30 minutes of catching up on the important things and then off on another drive to manage some social media. Sometimes the posts they make me write knock my stomach up real bad and real mean. But that's nothing a $20 sandwich delivered directly my mouth can't fix. I know I'm doing important things and making the world a better place. And that's what matters most. some bad traffic today, like yesterday and the day before, and it takes about 10 minutes longer than it used to. When they finish that freeway lane they've been working on for three years, it'll be all better. Time to myself isn't so bad though, I've got my podcast friends to keep me comfortable. I wonder what their take is on the important things are today. 
he sure finished clearing that block of restaurants I used to love quickly. And that new co-working space is already built and ready to open. I bet it'll have some cool chairs. Maybe my boss will let me work some afternoons there. I hope I can sit in cool chairs. It's so great to see so much new construction in my city. Most parking spots are already taken. I can't even find one of the two-hour meters. I guess I gotta try the red zone and hope I don't get towed this time. Jeez. Looks like that homeless guy's put some serious work into his fort. It's taken up at least two spots now. And this mountain of garbage leads into another. Gotta admire his enterprising spirit in the face of such an unjust world. Homeless have been getting really bad this year. We really need to help those things. The governor said to vote for new property taxes to house them. It's a really important thing. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to be paying property tax any time. Things have to get better soon. We're on the right side of history. The senator I've seen my entire life will make sure that this election right? Uh, what was I talking about? So sometimes my brain's attention span isn't so good. I can't really remember what happened last week. The convictions I held then flit away when it's agreeable for me to forget. My brain spends about a third of my caloric intake at the speed of electricity to keep the bad thoughts at bay. And that's a good thing. So, the first time I remember coming across a lib was my first day in college. I went to my local community college, and uh, I was required to take a bunch of classes, one of which was sociology, which I later realized is just like a fake science that bored liberal women made up. But anyway... I was forced to take sociology in my first day of college. I go into this class and I look at this frizzy, curly-haired, obviously Jewish professor who just, something about the way she would talk and the way she carried herself just, it made my stomach simmer in that way that it does when you see something that you just know you should hate. For some reason, but you can't really put your finger on why. Anyway, she was what we would now call an awful, or maybe an awful in training, because it was a community college. But she was, uh, and you know, awful, uh, affluent white female liberal. So anyway, she's outlining the class and telling us about different things that we uh, are going to be learning. And she gets to one section and she goes, and uh, you'll be really interested to learn that, well, you might have heard of something called reverse racism. Well, 
there's no such thing as reverse racism because black people cannot be racist. And I, little background on me, I grew up in a black neighborhood. I being me, I shot my arm up. I couldn't have shot it up quicker. And she called on me and said, yes, would you like, uh, would you have something to say about that? And I said, uh, yeah, I pretty much just said, well, that's bullshit because it's clearly bullshit. I grew up in a black neighborhood. I know just how uh, racist uh, and, you know, I actually thought racism was real at that point. I now know it's also bullshit. No such thing as racism, just as there's no such thing as sociology. But anyway, I called it out and she says, no, that's a common misconception and you're just holding on to an antiquated idea, but you'll see when we get to the section that black people, in fact, cannot be racist and only white people can be racist. And that simmer in my stomach that I felt earlier just really reached a boil and we're, we went back and forth a little bit on it and then suddenly she, her eyes just lit up like she... She got this big smile on her face, and she goes, oh, and someone has something to say. Uh, Yes, you? And I turn back, and I see just the blackest kid i ever seen in my life. I mean, he was, this was not milk chocolate, all right? This was 98% Girardelli cacao pure dark chocolate, right? And I was like, oh, God. And he was the hoodest, blackest person you ever saw in my life. And... You know, at that time, people like that were at the top of the liberal hierarchy. You know, young black men, young disadvantaged black men. And so I was like, oh, God, here we go. I got myself into some shit, right? But anyway, the guy goes, uh, nah. And then he points to me, he goes, he right. (laughs) She looked like... She just found her newborn baby missing from its crib. The look, the expression on her face. And yeah, her face sank and the rest of the class laughed. And he was telling her about how racist black people can be. And it was a great memory. And I really legitimately thought I won that battle. But I had no clue that I had lost a war that I did not even know I was in. The 2010s started off normal. I remember like Daniel Tosh got shit for a rape joke or something and Seth MacFarlane was called a sexist for being funny at the Oscars or whatever. But even then everybody just like laughed at anyone who gave a shit about that. I always hung out with like pretty sane, normal people so... I didn't experience much of this stuff in person ever until like 2014, I would say. Like, friends who were still in bands would tell me about like these punk houses that they would play at and how they operated with all the excommunications and the loads of rape accusations. And again, still everything's like normal. Everyone thinks it's dumb. Nobody gives a shit about any of that except for these like weird cultists. 
then when I went off to college, like, I did notice that all the students wanted to talk about was uh, at the extent to which whatever writer was racist or sexist. Uh, I didn't think anything was, like, that bad, and I, I still, like, pretty much considered myself uh, liberal at this point. But I think I realized I just could not do it anymore when the day after Donald Trump won, I was in class and my teacher cried and said her son asked if Trump was going to make them slaves again. She said that to the entire class. I All I could think was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is insane. And like, every day since then, shit has just been getting worse. My friends who would like, make fun of the kids in those punk houses are worse than they were. My old friend and bandmate who I would have like hidden in my attic if he came over and told me that he was on the run because he murdered someone, it has now blocked my phone number because I made n-word jokes on the internet. Never mind that he used to like scream n-word jokes all the time. And like, none of us were fascists then, why are we that now, if we do that? I guess like, yuppies are still pretty chill, yuppie liberals, um, but God help us when they start acting like this. I just want to go back. funny because I see this, you know, in like having gone on some dates with some liberal women, I thought it was really, really funny because, you know, you do these dating app things and so they just automatically assume in this place that you should, they're vetting you to find out if you are also a white liberal woman and not actually a heterosexual man. I've seen this happen over and over again and it's like my little Native American grandmother used to tell me she said don't trust a white liberal because they'll break your arm and they'll give you a crutch instead and so ever since then I've always kind of I've kind of erred on the side of skepticism as somebody who actually values I guess a more nameless poetic and unmaterial Beg me to not post this poorly written 
op-ed where I ambiguously accuse you of sexual assault when really we just went on a date and I fucked you out of pity and regretted it later. Oh wow, you like being this small, don't you? You like being this fucking spineless. You're a sexless excuse for a Hey you, no, not you, the other left-leaning sad sack that got to their present political position by a very convoluted theory-driven route that subverts common-sense perspectives of the world. Hey, I'm hoping you could help me out here, alright? You see, we live in mumbo-jumbo times, where the only standards are double standards. And this whole words mean things ordeal that a lot of history has been built around, um... It was beaten with pipes and chains, set on fire, wrapped up in a Persian rug, and thrown off a roof. Okay, so that leaves people like me with more questions than answers, okay? Now, I haven't implemented falsehoods as the basis for my understanding of the world, uh, nor uh, have I sought out a career in academia pretending to be educated after being instructed by the pedagogical equivalent of a Mobius strip. And if that makes me an uncultured slob without two brain cells to rub together, so be it. Because, you know, rather than tell me to educate myself, I'm clearly incapable of that. So I'll ask you a few questions and maybe you can give me a response that doesn't consist of calling me an ist who harbors an ism, possibly a phobia, okay? So, a little more than half the United States Armed Forces is black and Latino. One of the fastest rising populations of homelessness have been female veterans returning from overseas. For about a decade and a half, actually. So, imagine that, from sea to shining sea. Hungry, homeless, unemployed. Women of color? Hmm. Damn. If only they were disabled, indigenous, club-footed, trans refugees. Would they have any lip service paid to them? Maybe even a hashtag. But that's just wishful thinking on my end, I suppose. Gender is a social construct. Race is a social construct. Yeah, well, I, I guess it is until a mixed-race person passes away while on a waiting list for a bone marrow or organ transplant. If that's the case, then medical science is a social construct. You know, those disabled, indigenous, club-footed trans refugees that you would gladly take a bullet for before, like, you know, hungry, homeless, unemployed women in their hour of need in this country. Um, let's say those refugees who hit all the marks in the oppression Olympics are on the opposite end of white people, you know, like, I don't want to say it out loud, because I don't want to get kicked out, okay? But, you understand that, sure, white skin might give you a privilege, depending on the context, because, I mean, you can't be pulled over for driving while being black if you have white privilege, right? Unless you're Sean King. But, wealth is the one true privilege, alright? 
because who cares if these disabled indigenous club-footed trans refugees live in Central Park West, Beverly Hills, Chevy Chase, Martha's Vineyard? Nope. Compared to the poor whites in the Ozark Mountains, they're worse off. Now, I'm not here to tell you that wealth is the one true privilege. I mean, it's true, but if that weren't the case, then how come Occupy Wall Street was subverted from the inside and no longer discussed uh, income inequality and wealth disparity? I mean, surely it wouldn't have anything to do with identity politics being a sublimation of time and energy to make sure no existing power structures are threatened, right? Anyways, if you could get back to this on me, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for your consideration, especially what that whole not calling me an is to harbors an ism, possibly a phobia. Thanks. They hate Russia, because Russia survived, you understand me? That's all. People love overcomplicating it, but they're only mad because Russia went through this whole, like, live endgame early, and it's not either a utopia or a rebel, it's just a country led by this big strong guy who supports the Orthodox Church. He's not a religious fanatic or anything, he just knows that religion's way more important to social cohesion than outspoken Reddit atheists want it to be. Uh, what I'm trying to say, sorry for getting off topic, is that they, uh, they build families and cathedrals, and people here see Russian interference everywhere because they subconsciously associate Russia with the truths they ignore, and the ideals they do their best to pervert. My New Year's resolutions for 2021. In 2021, I will fight for black trans lives by increasing awareness around racism and transphobia among my coworkers at Lockheed Martin. I will then organize a boycott of the Taqueria down the street in order to hold the Mexican family who owns it accountable for their white supremacy, anti-blackness, and lack of support for open borders. This year, I will pay more attention to my physical and mental health by limiting myself to six fluid ounces of whiskey and two menthol jewel pods each day, as well as following my therapist's recommendation to increase my Zoloft prescription. I will stop wearing Axe Musk body spray, named after apartheid profiteer Elon Musk, and switch to Axe Anarchy body spray, named after my favorite weekend recreational activity. Finally, I will completely cut myself off from my Trump-supporting biological family and bring myself closer to my Biden-supporting chosen family so that we can fight COVID-19, climate change, and institutional racism as an intersectional family unit so that these New Year's resolutions can be a New Year's revolution. Happy New Year's, everyone. Okay, so I was at a Christmas party, right, uh, 2016, right after Trump was elected, God bless, and I ended up trapped in this conversation about Facebook. I'd just quit like the year before, she still had hers, but she said, 
in her defense, knowing it was a vice. She only used it to share news stories she thought other people needed to see. At the time, I didn't really understand why this aggravated me so much. I just said I needed a cigarette. I went outside. I slammed some whiskey. It's come into focus since then. Treating your friends, your friends who don't completely agree with your insane, over-civilized uh, philosophy graduate student worldview, like they're wayward children in need of free education, turning a website that, at least ostensibly, is supposed to bring people together into yet another chance to push this worldview on others. They hear it enough, they don't need to hear it more. Uh, it's, it seems insane to me. It seems insane to act like this is a public service, like you're anything other than like another smokestack pumping shit into the air. What is the liberal? The liberal is a a victim of a certain kind of ideology that has asked themselves, what can I do when I wake up this morning to justify the existence of capitalism and the continued cycle of violence that it represents? But that's not all they've done, right? They've, they've figured out, here's a magazine I could subscribe to that will signal my correct inclusion in the ruling class. That I am, I'm worthy or deserving of the favor of the ruling class. You know, me and the factory owner. I work for BuzzFeed and I write listicles for a living. And the guy who owns the steel factory, uh, because he inherited it from his father, we're the same fundamentally. And why are we the same? Well, because we both read the same shitty New Yorker cartoon, or. We both sort of read the uh, Mother Jones, Rachel Solnit uh, article and say, I see myself in this. It's that, you know, I went to the same school, even though I ended up with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Well, the child, the industrialist who inherited a factory is uh, getting away scot-free, but we're fundamentally the same. And so to be a liberal is to say, you know what, I deserve my inclusion in the ruling class, even though I didn't make it there through inheritance or through wealth. But either way, they're really invested in the existence of this as a class, but as the existence of a, of a cultural project as well. And therefore, it's a boring cultural project. It's a cultural project that is about sterility. It pretends itself to have some sort of merit, but there's no merit involved. It's merely a kind of a bland, corporatized, strip mall version of existence that explains why reading the nation makes you a good enough person to be worthy of a stable existence. I heap my disdain upon the liberal at every opportunity, and I'll never stop doing it. Liberalism is like a grinder hookup. It can go really bad, and the guy can beat the shit out of you, sort of like fascism. You know, you think it's going to be good, and it ends up really bad in the end. And then it can go kind of good, but you're still kind of unfulfilled at the very end, because you're still going home alone. And that's liberalism. Either way, you're kind of fucked. 
And that's why liberalism is a stupid ideology, and you should abandon it for socialism. I'm just going to go on the record here. I've said it before, I'll say it again, but it's important people know, that people hear this. I wouldn't give two shits about politics if it hadn't started making the media I consume worse. Uh, I'll take it back. I will take every opinion back. I will parrot the dominant narrative, whatever it is. I'll spend $500 a fucking month on fucking Funko Pops until they fall out of my house when I open the windows, if my demands are met. Uh, I never want to see a tiny, skinny woman beat up three, four ripped dudes ever again. Uh, I don't want any more remakes of old movies with the new casts that look like a college admissions brochure. You know exactly what I mean, and you need to cut it out. No one likes it. Stop trying to get me to listen to low-effort music school dropout jazzy hip-hop songs-spoke tiny desk session Hamilton bullshit. Uh, if the story is an allegory for how racism is bad, I don't want to be able to figure it out. I want it to be like Tarkovsky's Mirror. I don't want to have any clue what's going on. Uh, I don't want to know in the theater. I don't want to know ever. Stop trying to get me to read trauma porn. I don't care how hard it was to be a mulatto touch typist in Moran Bad in the 1930s or whatever. I don't care when the author went to the Iowa Writers Workshop or whatever. I don't care. Stop it. Uh, treating me like I need to be forced into empathy will make me less empathetic. You are shooting yourself in the foot here. Uh, anyway, I'll buy the Funko Pops. I will retweet whatever the New York Times or the Washington Post all the time. I'm ready to do it. Uh, if you're the powers that be, you know where to call me. Later. There's a special place in hell for everyone throughout the last year who has denied the nefarious influence of the libs um how can you not recognize the absolute nazi destruction that liberals have wrought the last 10 years for me it's uh mostly in the form of censorship and just like the total erasure of culture and history culminating in the kind of moral panic over Gone with the Wind that's taken place the last year resulting in its removal from HBO's streaming app um just the idea that there is a group of people who can look at Gone with the Wind and see um, something they need to attack rather than something beautiful, incredible, uh, the very definition of art um, that describes... uh, most difficult aspects of the human experience uh, in an invaluable way that's accessible to everyone on earth there's a special place in hell for anyone and everyone who has denied the horrible influence of the libs I'm talking about the Yang gangers the contrarians.
ain't work. Time to sit down and see what's on the boob tube. Welcome back to Hollywood Tonight, and boy oh boy has it been a week. With Elliot Page catching backlash on social media after outing Michael Sarah as transgender, Howard Stern breaks down after a performance on America's Got Talent, and you'll never guess the reason why. But our first story tonight comes from YouTube prankster Tyson McKenzie as he comes forward with his first public statement after a party at his Beverly Hills mansion during quarantine left four hospitalized with COVID. I thought that COVID shit was fake. I, you know, I just wanted it to be lit. Billy, where do you think you're going? Uh, I've got a doctor's appointment I have to go to, Principal Harris. A doctor's appointment? With who? Dr. Pepper? <laughs> Get back to climate change class, Chatterley. Nearly a decade since his last release, he returns with a new album, unexpectedly and humorously tackling current subjects such as Kim Kardashian, social media, and the rise of fashion. Welcome back to Worldly Conversations, sponsored by Juicy Juice. Here with us today to talk about his latest book is Philip Boobs. Now, I've already read this book, but please tell us, what is your latest book about, Philip? Why, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Uh, this is a book that I've been working on and off for about five years, documenting the health benefits I've received from subsisting entirely on a diet of insects and urine, as well as laying out the ecological benefits we'd see if more Americans adopted these same dietary practices. Every morning, I had a glass of urine uh, for Christmas. I just want to thank all the brothers and sisters that made this day possible. You know, they didn't want to see me up here. They don't want to see us up here. They want to see people that look like them. They don't want to see a strong brother. They don't want to see a strong sister that can act their ass off and blow the white man out the f***ing water. They don't want to see us. Hell no. That's why we got networks like MeET that is keeping us on the screen and, you know, giving us a chance to show what we really were. BJ Ultra. <laughs> 